Welcome back to Recap, the podcast where we cover some of the latest news featured on our social media pages and beyond. We try to find that the really news comes through, doesn't that, it? Yes, it, oh, I put myself yes. like right next to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, we try to find the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage our legislators to not only listen but to also act on what they hear. Never dropping that. It's always been important. It will be the most important part of this show. I'm your host. Joshua Hyde, and with me today, still in the studio, still vibing, are the boss lady of Point Cast herself, Miss Francine Dash. She will forever be known. <laughs> Whether she likes yes. it or not. Yep. Breaker of chains. <laughs> hey, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. That's my life. And the greatest master, or Gang sorry, signs. the greatest writer Gang of all time, Trump Master 3000. <laughs> We're having a grand old time today. We are. I'm not going to ask you again because it, it's, it, I think it's pretty clear to our audience that we record these in multiple, like, things at once. I used to act like each recording was on a different day, yeah. but, like, I, I, I think they've caught on that we that we record these uh, multiples in advance. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's like, oh, my God, what? So, in case you weren't aware, yeah, so a good portion of these are recorded in batches because that's a lot easier to do. Anybody who runs a podcast knows that. Welcome to the production world. Exactly. But we're vibing. Yes, we are. You know what, though? I will say I miss Nick the homie. Oh, my gosh. Nick's presence we, we is need, so We need best. to get him back here. He's, he, he needs to, he needs he to needs get back to, on this. He we needs to be. have yet to have a totally full house. Actually. You know, we're, we were almost there today. Yep, we were. So almost. I'm keeping hope alive. I'm keeping hope almost. alive. <laughs> now, uh, keeping in my most recent tradition of letting you guys know what's happening before the episode actually starts, um, I really like these like opening points that I make. I might just keep these going forever. Um, the... So last time we kind of connected to disparate uh, thought ideas in ways that you didn't realize they were similar. We're going to do a a very similar thing today. Everyone has a favorite grocery store. But anyone who lives on or near the border of two major areas, especially those who live in cities, will often have multiple locations of the same store available. It's not always hard to notice the difference between these same stores, clearly. But did you know that some of these differences are influenced by politics? Let's talk about it. Hmm. But first, Professor X isn't here with us, so we won't have a trends today. We're going to jump right into the poll. Anthony. All right. I can only assume Professor X is off saving the world. Yeah, that's what he does, man. Come on. Yeah. Here. All right. And we are just sitting here. But That's ahead. right. Here we are podcasting. And he's off. We're, we're, we're saving the world in our own way. In our own. I'm we, we, are, we are changing hearts and minds. Hearts hopefully. and minds. Not just hearts. Hearts and, and minds. minds. Like and minds. minds. Changing minds is much easier with Professor X, but. <laughs> <laughs> when he just tells you you're wrong, then mind changed. Anyway. <laughs> This is our poll from uh, beginning of September. So, as always, we'd love to uh, hear what you guys think. So, go to our social media pages. Polls drop Friday. Let us know. With the death of Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth, many have taken this time to reflect on the uniqueness of her 70-year reign and the impact of her reign on her neighbors and colonies, including the United States. Now that King Charles III has taken his role as the heir to the throne, born into a role of power and influence he did not earn, Some are wondering what purpose does having a monarchy serve? 
Do you think the time has come for the thousand-year reign of the House of Windsor and the sovereign rule of this monarchy to end? Mm. Which one of you wants to take it first? I'll take it first because I want to start with just a, a brief comment. I'm trying to figure out what that meeting was in the afterlife between the Queen and Diana. <laughs> I just, I, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall when that yeah. meeting happened. I, 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 I just, I just wish I could have seen it. This is true. Because, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, the real one is going to be Diana and Charles. Also uh, fair. That's the also one. very fair. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to see that. Recapping the history of like the little black dress. And I was like, I forgot that Diana was like, oh, you cheated on me. I'm going to wear the shortest possible dress in my closet. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Princess uh, Diana was out yes. for blood, son. Yes. <laughs> she was you quite gave the all character. This up. I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> this was so. the first time we remember like, oh, she dragged him. Uh-huh. She dragged Charles. <laughs> like, oh, that's right. Now, uh, my actual answer to the question is multifaceted because I actually believe in many ways that the monarchy wasn't all bad. A lot of it was bad, don't get me wrong. Not Not denying that in any way, shape, or form. But I do believe, at least in terms of culture, that it did serve a very important purpose that might still need to be maintained. Um, we see these kind of same cultural touchstones in other countries that still have monarchies. And I think that their their relevance is not nearly the same as they were before. Like, clearly there are other governing bodies that are also relevant to making nations run nowadays so they aren't, like, the sole decision makers right. of a country anymore. However... I do think their presence might not be completely bad. Yeah. Do I think this one specifically needs to go away? I I don't really think you can follow up Elizabeth. I I think that that might have been a good note to go out on if they choose to go. <laughs> drop the mic, y'all. Personally, right. Just drop the mic. Right. <laughs> but like, in in general, my my whole thought process is that like monarchies can be useful. They aren't always, yeah. but they can be. Yeah. Um, that's where I come down. And I go even a little, not like beyond, but I was like, just sort of like a and beyond. On, right? <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> so like, there are quite a few monarchies in the world that function in a democratic way. I don't think, I think we think of monarchies, we think of like the old, school monarchies yeah but like yes britain is a monarchy japan has like an emperor it's technically like like monarchy monarchy. it is technically like they have like norway has a like a king there are lots of countries that because they were like retrofitting democracy into their monarchy they -hmm. still have a monarch or a king a queen an emperor whatever but they function as a democracy Mm -hmm. One of the things this has let them do is they split up the ceremonial aspects of leadership from the actual leading the country part, which Mm. we don't do. Like for us, the president is both like a a cheerleader, ceremonial leader who has to like officiate over a bunch of things that honestly the president should should, like 
they why should just not have to handle. They yeah. should not have to handle, and they also have to do a bunch of legislative, actual running the country heavy lifting. So, like in a place like, like whoever the latest prime minister is in UK, which we I forgot because they keep changing the person. I'm Say, not gonna learn yeah. this guy's name. Call me back in ninety days. <laughs> Put out a head of cabbage. Let's see how this. Yeah, goes. let's see how that goes. <laughs> but like, if they have like a big ceremonial event, like King Charles shows up. And he does a thing. He cuts some ribbons. No one's like, the prime minister doesn't have to show up. When a head of state comes to visit, they go in there, they see the king. And like, yeah, they're not handling real business. That's like a ceremonial thing. And then the prime minister gets to, you know, work. Hopefully not tank the UK economy. (laughs) And like, that's useful. It's useful to have a ceremonial figurehead to do a bunch of light lifting. (laughs) Like, it's fine. Yeah. Go kiss baby. <laughs> I got work to do. Yeah. I think at one time the monarchy meant something completely different than it, it does today. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when a monarch could uh, stop an execution, for instance, or could cause one, you know, that, that was a different time and that was that happened in this one. Um, or when they ruled over <clears throat> ruled over captured lands or treasures and doled them out to the uh, lords or however they did that, this one did that. And when times changed and they had to become uh, more ceremonial, as Anthony was saying, and less involved in um, the rigors of, of running a country, this one did that. If anything, this monarchy, like the ones that are existing today, they, you know, it, it, it proved itself flexible enough, although there are some real criticisms that still exist. You know, Queen Elizabeth was not perfect. Um, she had a lot of strange ideas that had have evolved over time. She was definitely a, a, a person of her time, and she reflected you know, the monarchy is much slower to shift, they say, than even the parliament or the people. And um, and she uh, showed us that even during the time with Princess Diana and her whole qualms with divorce. You know, she took her a long time to come around to what that might mean for her family. Because, you know, like a lot of families, you don't want to have to deal with divorce in your family. But she went a step further you know, or two. <laughs> Okay, she made some steps. Right, right. She she took some steps, and um, you know, um, but as far as whether or not the monarchy has uh, stayed past its welcome or is is done, ultimately that's up to to Britons. I will say that it's interesting. Listen to Brit, listening to Britons have this exact discussion, where some of them, especially in diverse communities, are saying, you know what, this monarchy stuff they done they did damage in my country. You know, they, that's why we're here. (laughs) You know, this, this needs to be done away with, you know, this is for, for, for countries that can still remember the impact of this monarchy or this queen coming to visit their country. You know, was it Kenya? What country was it? Some Kenya. Yeah. And some of the uh, the people there, I'm still waiting on my apology. I will not celebrate this queen until they apologize for the horror that they inflicted on my people. I mean, from India to Kenya to so many other places, um, this monarchy didn't work, right? So I I think all of that has to be taken into consideration. And then at the end of the day, this country has to decide 
where it wants to go and if this monarchy can help it get there. Right. And you know what? I'm ha- really happy you brought that up because that actually is something else I was <laughs> thinking about. Obviously, in the not-too-recent, not-too-distant past, this monarchy, it would have a lot to answer for. But the best way to get it to atone for it is one, like keeping it intact and having people in it who acknowledge the failures and want to turn it into something better. And I had thought about this, like not, like this is so much pop culture, but I had thought about this a lot with like Meghan and Harry, who clearly have a different idea of what it, what the monarchy should be. But by leaving it, they are unable to impact it. They can't change it and have it, it, it they clearly, I think, want to have it make up for some of its past offenses. And they, they think it should be different. But then you need to stay in it. Well, maybe they're showing that they, it wasn't possible for people with those ideals to stay in it. And they can't really voice that. I mean, the other side of that is the institution that is the monarchy, I can't imagine that it's going to be changed by a spare and his wife. And I hate to right. be so crass in saying that, but he's not really relevant to how things play out with the monarchy because he's not in direct in the direct line of secession. Yep. He has like however many people more in front of him. So yes. if he were William right and William and Meghan were married, right. then I think your point to your point, I think that would be uh more impactful. I think that Harry and Meghan are great for pop culture, but I don't think that they will necessarily shift the inner workings. So they couldn't officially, except, like, one day your brother will be king. Yeah. Do you really have no pull with your brother? Like, you well, and your brother? Like, I know you guys are, you know, you're not a typical family. But, like, at the end of the day, like, this is your brother. You guys can't, you have no sway to, like, hey, William, like, should we? Like, cause well, one day what William if, is well, at, at the same time, yeah. though, like. That's, that's a good point. I mean. Well, well, there is a connection there because their brother's, like. That's not the only thing that's going to matter. Like, no. as an example, if my brother becomes the president, he's not going to fucking listen to me. <laughs> like, granted, he doesn't already listen to me. But, like, even even if we were he's close. But more not listen to He's, you. like, got a bunch more shit going on. Right, right. So, like, yeah, even if I had some ideas, like, maybe they might change something down the line for him. But, like, he's not going to immediately share that's my true. ideals just because he's that's my brother. True. Yeah. And I think there's a lot more consideration that has to be given uh, that that a person in that role has to give outside of just familial connections. When Elizabeth, one of the things she used to get a lot was how matter of fact and how cold she was. I mean, she had siblings, too. We almost don't even remember who they were. Do you remember any one of their names? Okay, (laughs) so it's she was all about the role that she was trying to fulfill. And at the end of the day, however people, however cold they said she was, most people agree that she was about that role. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that role, I don't know what it's like. We don't know what it's like. But when William secedes into that role, we're assuming after his father, of course, then, you know, he might have a whole different world of issues that he has to consider. And his brother may not make the list. I mean, that's the reality of being in that role. It's not like being an elected official. It's like, it's like a it's birthmark. True. It's just yeah. with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, if my brother becomes president, he's not going to listen to me talk about how I want the police to be defunded. He's got a bunch of other shit on his mind. <laughs> at least you, like, pick up the phone when you call, at least. Well, yeah, but, like, 
Sure, we can talk about it, and maybe he'll agree with me on the phone, but that doesn't mean he can enact policy. Yeah. True. That's true. I just want people, if people want to think to really change, I'm one of those people who think you can change it best from working inside the I mean, there's value to what you're saying. I think we all agree with that. There's value to what you're saying, and I agree with you. I don't know what the pressures were that caused them to, you know, we could speculate. They said, they shared some things, but... Racism in a royal family. I don't think any of us was shocked. Well, to me, honestly, what really came out of that discussion is this is probably Megan's first time experiencing racism. The way that she expressed it, she had never experienced racism. Like, she's always had a situation where she's fit in. To, <laughs> and so I think this was a shock to her. On her podcast, this is what she revealed. Yeah. I think this was a shock to her system for a person who has, for a person of color who may have already experienced racism, whatever she experienced might have been like, a, hmm, whatever, you're not going to make me leave my castle, you know? Right. <laughs> you got to move me out with your bare hands. You know? I think the difference is, uh, like, subtle versus overt racism. Because we, yeah. we see that a lot, especially in, like, today's society. There, like, the mo- most of the racism that you deal with as a person of color in today's society is subtle. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are, I'm not going to say that they, it doesn't exist, but right. in most cases, people aren't just, like, walking around throwing the N-word at people. Right. However, people of a certain societal class yeah. generally feel as if rules don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. Elon motherfucking Musk. <laughs> so, um, there, there, are, there, there could be several ways in which, like, Megan was introduced to just overt, blatant racism, which isn't something she might have right. had to do. It was before. never really a part of her diet. And now, you know, some people criticize her for that, for even saying that. But I'm glad that she didn't have to deal with yeah. racism personally. I mean, yeah. that's not a badge of honor. Right. <laughs> that should be how it is. Right. That, that, should should be, be that should be normal. But because she hadn't, she didn't have, I don't think she had the skin for the game. For sure. And um, when the comments about the skin color of her child came up instead of a a regular mama response, the way I probably would have laid the whole castle down and (laughs) we wouldn't have had discussions like that ever, ever again. Um, She didn't, she didn't probably know how to respond to that because she hadn't been in situations like that. So it's difficult to ask someone to be a standard bearer to help bring about change. If, they have to change within themselves first, or if they're she not prepared to be. And she wasn't like, pre- yeah. If they're not prepared to enact that change, she might have been prepared to be Harry's wife, but not be in Harry's world. And the yeah. world in which he lives is so much different than the world in which we all live. Yep. And the rules, like you were alluding to before, is different because you're not just dealing with racism. Perhaps you classism is. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have people walking around feeling like everybody's dumb because they don't have what they, what I have, right. then that's all. The, you can't overcome that. You can't. In, in, in many cases, that shit directly leads to violence and or death. Right? Yes. Just like racism does. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right. Have. We had a long, extended discussion about the royal family. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, I think there's actually a lot to talk about and unpack. Yeah. yeah. Especially about Americans looking at the royal family, yes. not only even just being over there, but, like, being right, people right. who were in a nation affected by right. said royal family in an incredibly major way. Right. Literally the creation of our country. Right. So, yes. I mean, <laughs> I will say I get a chuckle, like, 
clean up your own mess. <laughs> America is like looking at what what they should do with the what, what with, with the monarchy. How about we worry about what to do with the presidency? Yes. How about that? How about we preserve you the know, presidency and we can go worry about somebody else? All that. Somebody all else's that, government. Yeah. yeah, we have our own kind of yeah. We, we had do. a riot at the we White do. House. Okay. Oh, about, that. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. Well, that's to, not that terminology hasn't been agreed upon yet. So, was it a riot? Was it a protest? We all know what it was. We know, right. we, we know what it right. was. I just well, yeah. no, don't matter how the media was trying to spin it. Well, we know it. We know clean what it was. Up our house at the house of Windsor, where it's itself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they'll Amen. Themselves. Eventually, Amen. they'll tell I, us what we need to call them. Right. Yeah. 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 That's all. That's all. Yeah. But that is our poll. So as always, polls drop every Friday. Go there. Respond. Say something in the comments. We'll respond. Uh, you know, we like we like to hear from you guys. We really like talking to you guys uh, about these polls. And again, we try to find the things that matter most to our voters yes. and beyond. Now, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into uh, kind of the meat of what I wanted to talk about. Okay. And um, if you've noticed within the last couple of discussions that we've had, um, I've been trying to kind of illustrate something that hopefully will come together as we discuss this final point. Um, there was, um, we all, I believe, have experienced this. And if you haven't, um, then you either haven't lived in a city or you haven't been close enough that more than one Walmart was like your option. But uh, a direct quote from a friend of mine is, a Kroger in Carmel or Fishers looks, looks and feels very different than a Kroger on 38th Street, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of us uh, in mid Indianapolis can understand that mentality for sure. Without even saying anything, yeah. Um, the, so the the major point behind that, if you if you're not quite understanding, is that different communities have access to different resources. That seems like a fairly obvious statement, but one thing that may not be realized in that is that some of these areas are struggling by design. Uh, there have been several things that have been used, uh, both politically and otherwise, to intentionally disenfranchise communities. We hear this most often referenced as things like white flight and gentrification. Mm -hmm. um, one of the major decisions that get made uh, in cities and whatnot are like the boundaries of areas and taxpayer money. Mm -hmm which will then in turn establish what kind of businesses show up in what locations, what kind of businesses leave locations and the creation of things like food deserts. For those of you who don't know what a food desert is, it is a situation in where a community or a group of communities does not have access to uh, easily obtainable or healthy food. And so in most cases you find that like certain areas of around 38th Street especially, are lacking in grocery stores and mainly only have things like fast food available or things like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, mm -hmm. things along those lines rather than actual grocery stores mm -hmm. like a Marsh would be or mm -hmm. a Kroger or things along those lines. Mm -hmm. And even then, the actual stores, like grocery stores and whatnot that stay open in those areas have very different quality concerns than the ones that are in much more higher income areas. That's the part that you see very clearly. Yep. Yeah, and why is that if it's the same company? <laughs> you know? That's a good question. 
Yeah. I mean, I know why my house doesn't look like the house in Carmel, but I don't know why Kroger Corporation's grocery store in Carmel can't look the same as it does in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you exactly why. Okay. Although the answer isn't what most people will want to hear. I'm pretty sure Anthony knows. Let me brace myself. Here. Lord have mercy. So um, <laughs> a lot of this goes back to uh, an old process known as redlining. Mm. Pretty sure. Yeah, I know you're familiar with redlining. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure we're all in in this in this booth <laughs> very familiar. I'm uh, not prepared to be angry. I'm just with, gonna put that out there. Now. Yeah. <laughs> but like the the thing that this goes back to is that like the process of redlining, the actual entity that created the possibility of redlining mm -hmm. was governmental. Like right. that was a government agency that did this. And so in many ways, our politics influenced our ability to feed our own communities mm. yep. over time. Now, granted, this wasn't like immediate. Right. This is this is a thing over the course of several decades and generations of uh, political discussion and mm. impact in certain areas. And you see it, especially with the history of areas like um, it, for those of you who are familiar with the we, Indianapolis area, uh, Marie and Kessler. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, there's another uh, there's another one that I'm trying to think of. It also starts with an M. Um, but like Mapleton. I, yeah. Okay. Like I think that that general area is what I was effectively getting at, where like if we go back 40, 50 years. Right. Even maybe a little longer than that, like in our our grandparents age. Like, that was, like, a wealthy yes, area. Yes, it was, yep. actually. And if you look at it now, it's pretty run down. Yeah. Because all the things that kept that area running have moved elsewhere. That That's the concept of white flight that I've been talking about before. And so one of the things that I'm generally trying to impress upon us is that, like, we may want to separate politics from all of our other aspects of life. Mm -hmm. But one thing that we may not always realize is that politics has been affecting us for longer than we've been alive, but more importantly, it's impacting a lot of our daily decisions in ways that you may not realize, even when you go to that Kroger in Carmel, because mm -hmm. you don't like the Kroger on 38th Street. It's never stocked. The people aren't nice. It's never clean. They never have fresh fruit. It has that funny smell. Yeah, Exactly. Mm -hmm. But like all of these things always, well not always, in most cases, fall back on politics or specifically political decisions. Yep. And that's what I wanted to highlight specifically in that that kind of microcosm. Yeah. Okay. Is that like even something as simple as the grocery store you go to is influenced by things like local politics. Mm -hmm. Yes, 100%. I mean, so like resources are distributed based on geography. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. That's how, and I don't just mean financial resources. I mean, even if you think of like, like uh, labor is a resource that is distributed locally. Like, so if you look at what it takes, just like what it takes to have a grocery store, and this is all the other stuff, you need roads to move goods in on. Well, go look at the quality of the roads at zip code 46032, which is Carmel versus the one down there on 38th Street. You're going to see the roads don't look the same. Like, damn, one of these roads is drivable, and the other one of these roads is. Not. Carmel doesn't have big ass potholes in the middle of winter. 
Mm. Dude, they, their their roads don't turn into like destruction derby. <laughs> like not even that. They also have like roads that are serviceable for trucks. Because right. Exactly. A lot of yep. a lot of that is just like yep. backwoods residential, and so yep. they they don't even have actual lanes for trucks to pass. Yep. Mm. Yep. So it's the roads that goods move in and out on. These are political decisions. It's things like you need some degree of fire and police service. If you have a grocery store, you have any business, you need reasonable fire and police service. Well, guess which one of these communities has reasonable fire and police services and which one doesn't mm-hmm. like those are things you need to have a business. So businesses look at these, they go, this place has nicer roads. This place has easier highway access. This place has reasonable fire and police services. If we are hiring from the local, if we are hiring from the people who live in the area, mm-hmm. especially at retail stores where you are hiring young people, mm-hmm. a lot of times, like I think I know I worked at Target. I don't know where you guys. Work. I, I worked at Walmart. So like, mm-hmm. okay, which one of these communities has better local schools that will give us presumably better sixteen-year-old employees who are more likely to be able to have a car so that they can drive themselves to work? Mm-hmm. If you're a sixteen-year-old living in the East Side, one. Because of the income situation, you may not even have a car to get to work. You also don't have public transportation to get to work. Carmel kids are more than likely, I'm guessing, to own cars or to have access to cars or to have a parent who's not working who can drive them to work. All these decisions means that, yeah, companies want to have businesses in Carmel to pull from those resources. Yep. And those resources means that the stores they have are likelier to be nicer, like because there's more resources in the community. And these are all political decisions. Education is a political decision. Road, zoning, these are all political decisions. You know, when Circle Center Mall was first put in place, um, before then there were like these huge massive holes downtown. Um, And some people were questioning the plan to put stores, these fancy stores in the hood. So because, and some people brought up, access some people brought up some of the same issues you brought up uh public utilities are not public utilities but public support like the police fire that sort of thing and but nonetheless the investors saw an opportunity to invest in a vision where they were going to merit a return so they put the nordstroms in there with the piano player (laughs) believe it or not there was a live piano player in nordstroms at one time Fun fact, I auditioned to be a piano player at, uh, uh, I forget the name of the business, but there was one in Greenwood. Uh, they sell, like, fancy shoes. I forget the name. Uh. But, yeah, that's a thing in many stores. Many yeah. Fancy stores. yeah. It, I was about to say that, too. It wasn't just that. It was several of those fancy yep. department stores. So, long story short, they came in there, and they – Plop themselves Von Mar. in. Von Mar. Von, oh, Von Mar, that's right. Yeah. I remember. They um, they came in there anyway, and they made their investment. Uh, now, the mall is dying, but so are all the malls across America. But they were in there a long time with the FAO Schwartz and all of these yep. other fancy stores. And my, the only point reason I bring that up is that if there's a willingness to bring in quality stores – then it happens. For some reason, there's not a willingness. And you can't even say, oh, it's because there was a demand. No, they created demand around the quality, Yep. right? And for a long time, these stores existed. There used to even be a Disney store in there. But like I said, malls are evolving right now. So 
malls in large cities, even the one in D.C. that I went to recently, uh, Chicago, uh, several malls, they're just all changing, right? So yeah. we're going away from the whole mall concept. But if we were to take that to transfer it over to the story with grocery stores, why can't there be that same type of investment? Why can't they build the resources within the company exist? Because their goal isn't to help preserve the community. Their goal is to make a profit. And right. so they're going to go to the but most But their goal is area. to make a profit, period. Right. Right? I understand you want to make a profit. There are people with money who want to buy food. Why not go sell it to them? These companies lead. They don't lead. And, they and, follow. And I have to say this. When they do show up, why give us these stinky stores? If you're going to show up, show I'll show up like you did up there. Why are you trying to get away with providing the least amount of quality? period, and bringing leftover meat from your other stores downtown to, you know, diet pink and try to resell it past its expiration date. I mean, why do stuff like that? Again, these companies don't lead, they follow, but like, the burden of the burden of, like, keeping the store clean is, like, the employees who work at the store. Like, corporate can tell well, you. Well, that comes from management, right? Like management can tell and, you. But then they make, they come through and they take those tours. You know, I've had family that work in grocery yeah. stores, and they have people visit. They didn't smell anything? You know, it's going to be hard. I'm going to be hard-pressed to say you didn't smell any dead bodies when you walk through there. They're not, they're not paying that much attention. <laughs> I mean, they'll smell it, but they're not. They smell it and walking over the dead bodies? Come on now. I but, mean, I think that people are doing what they can get away with in right. the market. And I think it creates an opportunity for the more enterprising mind. Well, that's what I was going to say, because the thing is, they will go only so far as that community demands they go. They will go no further. The reason they don't have that in Carmel is because the people in Carmel ain't going to put up with that shit. Yep. They will take their money and leave. Because like, they because they have options. Right. Okay, because they you're, have options. You're exactly right. And so when those people in Carmel start moving down to 16th and Central, where there is a Kroger located... And I was just about to talk about, I said, if anyone who's driven north-south through Indy could tell you, you said, oh, they're getting them homes. As soon as they start to get those homes, you say, you know what's coming next. They're going to get your store right after they get them homes. It sure as hell. All of a sudden, I found goat cheese. I found goat Uh cheese Mm -hmm. at the Kroger that I had to use to drive miles to get. Look, we try not to be funny, but look, I remember I was driving downtown, driving north-south, and the minute I said, oh, that's just a just a young white woman out on a run. I said, oh, son, your story is a wrap. They coming. They coming. They out running around, not a care in the world. I said, look, and you're not trying to be funny, but the minute you see that, you said, oh, that that little corner liquor store with the bar, oh, with the bars on the window, oh, they're going to get your store home. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Your store, your yeah. day's a number. They ain't standing for that. They ain't standing for that. They're not going to have liquor stores with bars in their neighborhood. Yes, sir. And check back in years later yeah. because – they demanded something different. They will not tolerate those stores. They will not tolerate that meat because they have options. They will take their money and they will go elsewhere, period. They make it clear that they're bucks. This is where, you know, we've talked before about the complicated stuff about, because really what we're talking about here is like black people in these neighborhoods. We've talked before about the complicated idea that like black people should keep their money in black neighborhoods. It's a complicated idea with like pros and cons. Right. But one of the pros of it is like you have to demand that these stores service your community and you have to shop with your See, I have to I have to confess. I don't necessarily always keep my money in black communities. I keep my money 
in businesses that treat me fairly, that provide right. quality services and goods. And it's always great when you see black companies do well, right. but that's not the only criteria. Right. And I think in order for things to change in black communities, I think we have to change our mentality. It can't just be because you're black. Right. You know, and black it's, a complicated, it's a complicated idea, but it gets at the core of like, why don't you see these things in nicer neighborhoods? They just, they, they wouldn't tolerate it. They don't, they're not going to tolerate trash overflowing from the, oh, out, from the trash outside. They're not going to yeah. tolerate that. They're not mm-hmm. going to tolerate parking lots that are all beat up and potholed and trash everywhere mm-hmm. and carts laying all over the place. They're just not, they just mm-hmm. won't. Mm-hmm. And I, and even even in some cases, like people actively like take it upon themselves to fix it. Right. That isn't a thing that happens in lower income communities. That's true because there's this guy named James. I my house is on the corner, and I'm always picking up trash that kind of drifts. Um, uh, for some reason, corner houses do. I'm in the city, Butler Tarkington. You're gonna get a lot of traffic. This guy, I don't know him from Adam. Hi, my name is James. He's out there picking, just on the curb, just picking trash up. I was like, James, thank you, man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Even though I do it every weekend, uh, it's nice to see a neighbor care right? enough to come out and do that. You know, just he wasn't like, just doing, like, my corner. He was, like, hitting the whole Yeah, thing. and just, like, you, when you're in Carmel and you see somebody who is— Oh, and I'm not in Carmel, by the way. Just well, No, yeah, but, like, <laughs> if you're in Carmel and you're at, like, that Walmart and you see somebody who was egregious enough to just, like, leave their cart, somebody actually just moves that cart— into the cart corral. Right. Right. Because they want to see their parking lot at their store look a certain way. Exactly. That's why I don't like littering. Right. I don't like littering in and my, I think that's just, yeah, same Carmel thing. cultivates this. I know we've gone sort of far afield, but if you go to Carmel, you'll notice there is a, there's an architectural theme throughout all of Carmel. Mm-hmm. And they cultivate this idea that this whole thing of Carmel stretching across multiple zip codes is a community. We know we're a community because we've cultivated a similar architectural theme. And mm-hmm. part of it is like you buy into the bullshit. <laughs> like that's part of You like sound the, like one of the older Carmel residents. Well, like that's part of the Jedi mind <laughs> trick of like living in Carmel is you buy into their shit of right. like, we're all a big, huge Carmel family and we gotta keep our like they don't allow buildings above a certain height because it messes with people's sight lines. So like they you buy into the nonsense. And it is okay. nonsense, but when you embrace the nonsense, it leads you to do things like yeah. pick up it trash changes your behavior. Move a cart. <laughs> yeah, and they they did have to do a lot to fuse because old yeah. Carmel and the Carmel that we see are really two different, very different be places. Very fair, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the the thing is, uh, especially in the Carmel area itself, a lot more younger people with money are there now instead of the old heads with money. A lot of the old heads are moving south because they don't want to be in a like around or in a city anymore. So they're going to more rural towns like Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Southport. Greenwood. Yep. <laughs> anyway, the lower taxes, lower property taxes. Also, also fair. Also very fair. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't blame them. So the 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 thing I kind of wanted to impress upon you guys with these last couple episodes is that like we we've discussed how prevalent politics is before, but you may not recognize just how relevant it is in even just your everyday decisions, whether it's finding a good donor for your sperm 
the way your dating profile matches or the way you you pick dating profiles in the same way you pick your candidates or even how you respond to the Yeezy controversy like it there are lots of ways in which your politics affects how you act and the better you know that the better you can respond to it that's what we're here for that's informative journalism now this podcast like all of the other ones like all of these other ones have been brought to you in part by LGAG Productions the studio for podcasters and musicians and of course Pointcast News listen to any of our other podcasts please go visit our website at pointcast.news or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts also be sure to like and follow us on Facebook for more podcasts articles and polls like we got a pretty deep discussion about today oh, wow. thank you for joining me in the studio for these episodes this has been great Thank you at home for listening. You all are wonderful. Have have a good day, night, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> Josh out.